That's the podcast coach for April 27th, 2019. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music. That means it's Saturday morning, 1030 Eastern Standard Time. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from the Average Guy. Dots TV. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings. Happy Saturday morning to you, Dave. And happy, I think, Avengers Endgame weekend. I think everybody is talking about that. Holy I'll- cow. All I know is my niece took a picture of herself like post movie in tears. And she goes, I'm not ashamed to say I cried. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I don't know what the movie, I mean, I know what the movie's about, but I was like, okay, didn't expect that. I, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I'll be really interested to see. I heard where some theaters are staying open 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, there's so such like demand he, for it. It's yeah, crazy. I know uh, Troy Heinrichs from the Blacklist Exposed got tickets for he and his daughter to go see it at like three in the morning. And I was like, really? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to shatter records. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty incredible. Everybody's talking about it. it is the you know, it's interesting. It's the culmination of, you know, 12 years right, right. Of, of movies. Right. And um, it, it is a testimony. I mean, they keep they've had some bad ones in there. They've had some good ones in there. Yeah, they they changed genres in the middle of it. Like, remember when Marvel movies were kind of serious and now they're complete joke. You know, they're sarcastic. They're right. They do all these (laughs) they do all these weird, you know, these funny things in their movies. I think when we think about podcasting, you could you could look at that as an example of how do you stay fresh and relevant over the course of a decade? Well, Marvel has kind of done that. And they haven't, um, you know, this movie, the final one, you'd think people would be burned out on this. It's going to do a gajillion dollars. Like, I mean, it's it's crazy. So I, I think as podcasters, we can learn some lessons from like, you know, sometimes you need to change things up. You need to try things new. You don't let failures get you down. If it didn't work, you cancel it. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of there were some movies in there that I mean, Hulk took three times to get started. Right? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's true. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I just think there's some good there's some good lessons for Marvel. Somebody write that in a blog post or something. Well, and the one thing they did, and this is kind of like a, I don't know if it's a new thing. I'd have to go back and see, but it's like the thing now. I don't, see, it's not. I I have not seen the new movie, but if you haven't seen the next to the last movie, there there are some people that don't make it. Question mark to the next movie. Yeah. Um, you know, so like. I think one of the things I was going to do an episode, and I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. What people can learn from Game of Thrones is the thing that blew me away was when you're in like season one, I don't know, episode three, and like they behead one of the main characters, and you're like, wait, what? They who? Dead? Like, well, I don't think he's coming back from that, you know? So I think sometimes really throwing your audience a curveball can kind of suck them in because then they're like, well, wait a minute, then anything's up for grabs. So it's kind of uh, like real life in the sense that, yeah. you know, we don't we don't live these perfect. Not everybody, you know, you kind of know, like in Endgame, I think you kind of know some people are coming back. I haven't seen the movie yet, so no spoilers. Yeah. But but, um, you know, you with Game of Thrones. Yeah, they would just kill off main characters and you would be. And I think sometimes. We have things in our podcasts that we probably need to just kill off. <laughs> Maybe kill them off at the at the top. I yeah. think sometimes, like we let the good things go too long, and then they lose. You know, they kind of lose their luster. And and you know, letting them go at the top. Maybe I Fallon does this a lot with with the Tonight Show. They've they've had some segments that have been super popular that they just stop doing, and yeah. they stop doing them when everybody wants more. Yeah. You know, so I, there may be a there may be something to that. Yeah. Hey, if you want to join on in, we are at askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. Uh, for anybody wondering, I am not using Spreaker today. I planned on it, but my laptop decided to be really, really temperamental this morning. And so we're back on Mixler if you want to listen to just the live version. And we actually did get some some questions uh, ahead of time. So let me play one of these here real quick. This is from Paul. Hello, Mr. Jackson. My name is Paul Perez. Uh, my podcast is the Improve and Have Fun podcast at com. And I just had a question um, regarding 
trying to be on multiple channels. Now I podcast and I have my uh, you know, website associated with the podcast. I do YouTube and I do Instagram as well. But of the three, of course, I get the most bites or the most downloads on uh, through the podcast. But my question is, should I only focus on the podcast and uh, not so much on YouTube or Instagram since I don't get um, so much engagement there? Like kind of just like focusing on the one thing and just trying to get really good at the one thing? Or is it, in today's age, it's important to be on, on, you know, on many platforms. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. And as always, thank you so much for everything that you do and all the help that you give so many of us. I'm a regular listener and I've definitely implemented a lot of the stuff that you said on your podcast. Thanks for everything, Dave, and look forward to hearing from you. Thank you, Paul. Um, I'll give an example of, of this for me. I started playing on Twitch. Because I heard on Kelly Lewis that like Twitch is going to be the history of the history. It's going to be the future of uh, video. And like, it's just all things Twitch, all things video. And it's going to be huge. And Amazon Twitch video, 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 video. So I jump over to Twitch, had to learn OBS a little bit, started playing with it. And there was just nobody over there. Like there are no, nobody over there looking for podcast stuff. It's all about gaming right now. And I understand that they're trying to change that perception. And if I go over and plant my flag right now, anybody looking for podcasting would probably find me. But for me, I was like, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have the time. I guess it depends on if you have a lot of time or, you know, by all means, I don't know. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, no, I think you're right on with the time aspect of it. You know, I post a lot of different places, uh, audio boom, um, audio, uh, shout engine, mix cloud, audio Mac, right? There are a bunch of different ones in, um, and just this morning I was checking my stats on uh shout engine, which is one of those, you know, free services, whatever. Yeah. 500 for the year so far. And you go, okay, do you want 500 downloads? Well, I mean, that's for some people, that's a lot, right? And, and so, yeah, you should post over there if you have the time, right? Yeah. YouTube, yes, definitely you should. And, and it all depends how much do you promote it? How much are the people that are listening to your content? Are they there? You, you don't know until you try. And so I would say if you have the time, post as many places as you can. None of it really hurts you. Uh, it can, you can be missing an audience. It just, do you have the time to do it? Yeah, that's it. And I know. I was interviewed on a show. Oh, I forget the name of it. And I was talking about, you know, answer every email. Well, there are a bunch of millennials. And they're like, well, for us, that's probably going to be more Snapchat and maybe text. I'm like, exactly. Go wherever your audience is. But if you're like, for me, I don't do much on Pinterest. No, let's, let's make that more accurate. I don't do anything on Pinterest. Yeah. Um, I, again, I kind of played with it and went, uh, I don't get it. You know, and was like, it wasn't Wild, getting wildly any- popular. There's a group of people who it's all pins, right? It's all yeah. like, so you, you just got to kind of know w- your audience. I don't think it's a bad idea to be on Twitch and Mixler, by the way, at this uh, Mixler, uh, Mixer, sorry. Yeah. Mixer is Microsoft's version of Twitch. I don't think it's a bad idea to be on it. If you have the equipment and the time, it takes an enormous amount of time to make sure all those things are working right and set up and it's actually working there. And then when you have problems, the worst thing is you go, say you go on a, on, on a mixer or a Twitch, it's a different set of technology stuff. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then you're all thrown off. And right, I mean, it, it you gotta, you gotta weigh the costs. And then uh, in the chat room, they're saying Paul Culligan says this new media creation and distribution model dictates to be everywhere and syndicates to all sites. I, I would disagree with that. I would say be everywhere you can be well. Like right now I'm like fair on Twitter. I'm not very, I'm not definitely not great at it, but I'm okay. I I log in like twice a week, you know, but uh, if I'm, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another, I'm I'm horrible at Snapchat. I I fired it up twice and went, I don't get it. So the, the problem would be is if I go to a platform and then ignore it, then what if somebody's over there going, Hey Dave, I have a question about that. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't see it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, and I, I have an, I have part of my core audiences on Twitter and so I can't ignore it and it's, but it's just a small segment. It's maybe 20 people. And so, but you can't, you got to kind of stay on it. I just consolidated my I had two Twitter accounts, one for work and one, my personal one. 
And it, the one for work was just senseless. It was stupid. Like two Twitter accounts is dumb. Like don't do that, people. Yeah. Just just have one personality, right? We we struggle with just the one we have. And, and so I I closed it down, which was really funny because some people thought I was leaving Gallup. They're like, "So where are you going?" <laughs> like, what's no, 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 no. I just I don't want two accounts. I just want one account. Um, so I pared down to just one, and man, I, it's actually freeing. You're like, oh, I just have to go one place to post yeah. things. This is great. So it can be freeing too to kind of simplify things. Yeah, I used to start a Twitter account for every show. Oh God, and it was just like, oh, yeah. you know, That's awful. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. You can't. It's unmanageable for most people. Because originally I thought, well, what musician wants to hear about podcasting? And right. wants to hear about faith-based stuff. And I'm like, so I started all these separate ones. And it was just a big headache and a nightmare. And I did too. I th- I didn't think my Gallup folks would want to hear about my tech stuff. But what I'm finding is there's huge crossover in that. And if, I, if I'm just true to all the channels, if you're just a real person in there anyways, I think people get past it. And if they don't follow you, well, they're lost. Yeah. You know, they're lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't worry about it too much. Facebook's the other way, Dave. I, I remember the days when seven and eight pages you know you're managing all these pages and these groups and stuff oh my god down to one group i've wiped out all my pages i'm really down to one group on the tech side now on the gallup side we have probably seven pages or seven groups yeah i I have two accounts and in fact if you see me on facebook and it says and it says david jackson you're on the wrong side because that's my niece's nephew's family account if you see dave jackson that's the right one for, for podcasting stuff. Cause I see on occasion somebody will, and it's the thing that I need to do is Dave Jackson needs to unfriend David Jackson, because what happens then is Dave, the niece and nephew guy will post something and somehow it ends up on the other guy's wall because they're friends. And I'm like, and then people on the podcast side go, Oh, I'm, I need to Dave. And then I'm back. Um, but anyway, I did there. I did see this in the chat room. What will I be presenting at podcast movement? Uh, I believe the title is does starting a podcast make you want to wet your pants? I believe that is the title that they chose. I have to and double I'm check. I'm going to heckle you from the front row. That's <laughs> I've decided that's going to be great fun. That's Throw right. things at me. Yeah. Peanut. Just heckle. Just yeah. be sarcastic and be the heckler. It's yeah. Be great. Uh, Royce says, do you guys use buffer or Hootsuite or do you post to Twitter manually each time? I'm a big fan of buffer. Uh, the thing I like about Buffer is you can put in your RSS feed and then just go over and go, show me what's my recent post. Oh, let's put that one and that one and that one. Uh, I've heard, I used to use Hootsuite and I just, for me, it just sounded uh, like I have Buffer on my phone. It just seemed like it was super easy to always just go over here. Hold on a second, send this to Buffer. And then there was a tool, I forget what it was, where I could say, hey, Buffer, go look at my followers and tell me when the best time to tweet is. And so it would then make the schedule. And I was like, well, that seems easy and fun. So uh, that's what, what do you use, Jim? Or do you use- buffer for the tech stuff? And then at work where we use the enterprise version of Hootsuite. Yeah. And I like both. They both have their place. In fact, if you're going to use the free versions of both, I think you get 10 free or something like 10 or 15, something in there free where you can schedule. Cause that's where they get you. Right. When you're trying to schedule these posts, the more you want to schedule, then they start charging you. And if you use either one, you can stack up, you can kind of double it. Nobody knows where they're coming from. I mean, they kind of do, but they don't. You can stack them up. One caveat on that is I have watched people, and one in particular who was on my show, who I think got banned from Twitter for using those kinds of automation pieces. Mm. And you have to be careful not to post too much similar content via those those engines right and there's a jukebox and some other ones right i think audience uh that that will do this for you i think you have to be kind of creative so twitter doesn't recognize you as a or think you are a bot and if someone now complains about that they'll they'll ban you which is really crazy on twitter right now so be really really careful the second part of that question was or should i manually tweet Yes, you should actually find some ways to manually tweet from time to time so that the the algorithm doesn't see you as a complete tool or a bot all the time in what you're doing. So be careful. And I forget, does Twitter own TweetDeck? Oh, I don't know. I think they because I I started. I don't know. I fired that back up and it was like, oh, yeah, this is actually a pretty cool tool if you actually want to 
like see who's DM'd you or whatever. And then yeah. I, for, I forgot the power of lists. It's just been a while since I was really like, hey, let's actually try to use Twitter for what it's used. Because if you follow so many people, your feed's just like, and you're like yeah. okay. But I if can't you can't keep up with my normal feed, like yeah, you, so, just, I can't. You just can't do it. Yeah. So I just make a, uh, a couple lists of like, here's some podcast people that, you know, the people that I really want to follow, the people that I didn't follow because they followed me and I don't really couldn't probably point you out in a lineup, you know, that whole nine yards. Twitter changed their auto follow policy to a couple weeks ago to, I think you can only do 4,000 in a day. Now it used to be 10,000. I think that's ridiculous. It It is ridiculous, but um, they'll also, if you use some of those tools to auto follow people, and it goes too fast. They'll block it. They'll block you and say, hey, we sense a bot is doing this. They kind of want you, you know, you to do it. Um, so be careful. Be careful on that. Yeah. Dan lets us know. Yes. Twitter bought TweetDeck many years ago. So I've been uh, I tried to log into that at least, you know, it'd be great if it was once a day. It's more like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's kind of one of those where it's like, oh, nothing's, you know. Things get slow at lips and I'm like, oh, I should probably log into TweetDeck and make sure somebody didn't. Because what you find, what I found out is, you know, somebody will, because that's where they are and they'll send me a DM and I'm like, oh, wow, this is from February. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it is good to check. I find the website just fine and I live on the yeah. notifications tab. So the mm-hmm. notifications are really, if someone's sent you a message or directly or, you know, some of those kinds of things, there's a mail and a notifications tab that usually it's it's narrows it down enough for me to keep up with what's going on in the stream. If I try to actually be in the stream, that's like a, those are like impossible rapids with sharp rocks and and like, it's just awful. But at least as far as keeping up with what's going on, that notification section for me works out pretty well. That's just kind of where I live. Well, we've, uh, we've actually got another question that somebody sent. I don't know what I just, all of a sudden I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Bring them on. Appreciate them this way. This is cool. It's a good way to do it. Hey, Dave. My name is Oscar Paz, and I'm the host of the Peaceful Thrill Seeker podcast, which is, you know, my podcast that made it up. <laughs> when it comes to getting interviewees, uh, what are some good resources that I can use for, you know, getting interviewees? Because my podcast deals with the theme park lifestyle or the Peaceful Thrill Seeker lifestyle. And so I'm trying to get interviewees that have knowledge of the roller coaster industry, as well as, you know, people that are influencers in the industry, stuff like that. So what are some good resources for that? All right. Thanks. And so I have the website podcastingresources.com. And if you go out there, there's a whole thing on guest booking. And some of those are things like the, uh, you know, uh, interview valet and podcast connections and people that will actually go find you guests. And they'll also, if you want, you can hire them to have you find podcasts to be a guest on. Those are kind of expensive. Uh, His thing is about theme parks and i was like hmm roller coasters is that what he said yeah so i'm like mm-hmm. i would see if there's any kind of facebook groups oh it's on, gotta be gotta yeah be. on theme parks or yeah. and i'm not sure what he's looking like what's the one thing he didn't say is like here's what i'm looking for in a guest because he said influencers i'm like what's an influencer in a theme mm-hmm. park is that somebody who designs the roller coaster or because that's the more niche you get the the trickier it's gonna get but um, it'd be interesting. She's uh, uh, liquidy in the uh, chat room says they're doing a crossover show soon. So that'll be interesting. Well, that's cool. Uh, I think um, ask your audience who they want to hear. And I, I mentioned this last week in the show. I think that now I have my audience booking guests for me, which is super great. Like I'll be like, you know, they'll be, Hey, you should have so-and-so from such and such. I'm like, Hey, would you reach out? And when when those guests hear from listeners, because that's what they're interested in, right? How many of those emails do you get a day, Dave, of like, hey, I've been I'm a big fan of your show, especially show number fill in the blank. Right. And then, you know, um, oh, I wish I got that. I wish I had true. proof that they listened. <laughs> well, I think I've even gotten those and I know they're not. I know they're just yeah. they've they've done a search. They found the page. They're inserting the title of the yeah, the, the post. Um, and I especially love it when I get it and it says, dear average guy, 
Like then I know like, oh, you have not <laughs> like you have not done any homework. So I turn those down. I just delete them. Right. I, I'm not going to listen to anybody that does it that way. But if I got a direct message from somebody on Twitter or I got an email from a real person who said, hey, I listen to hometech.fm and I think I'm going to, you know, would you be a guest on their show if I asked them? Yeah, for sure. So if you ask your audience, they may be like, oh, yeah, I know so and so or such and such. It's a good way to get diversity in your kind of on your show because I have a bubble. You have a bubble. Mm -hmm. I started going back and looking through. I have a list. I have a spreadsheet of every guest I've ever had since show 100. I don't don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't do zero through 100 this way. (laughs) But starting at 100, I've kept a spreadsheet of everything. We will celebrate 400 this Thursday, which is pretty crazy. And um. That's a great list to go back, but I go back and I, I, you can see some repetition in those, you know, in the, in the list when you're, when you're having guests and it's like, yeah, sometimes it's good to get outside the, the bubble, get outside your own bubble. Your, I think your audience can help. Yeah. That would be a, a great place. Uh, a liquidity in the chat room says, uh, that he's actually looking for people who create the roller coaster. Wow. So that's gotta be a niche, like yeah, a that's, super niche. Wow. Yeah. But that's cool. Cool. It, yeah, so I don't know if you go to Uncle Google and type in mm. roller coaster designer. I would think you would need to find a person who, because they all probably know each other. And so you got to find a person who knows a person who knows a person. I, yeah. I think that's such a tight community. You're probably going to have to do some investigative work to, hey, who do you know? that? And that would probably be the right kind of audience because they're probably, maybe they're in competition. I don't know. It's tough to do that with businesses to say, hey, who else should I, you know, I know I just interviewed you about this router. Who else yeah. should I interview about routers? Well, okay, that's my competition, you jackass. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're kind of thinking along those lines. But in this community, maybe with, maybe it's like podcasters where it's friendly and they would all be on the show. Yeah, I, I would, it'd be interesting to see if you could get a hold of anybody at a theme park. Like we have a really big one here in Ohio, Cedar Point, and it would be interesting to see if you could get anybody there like a marketing person or anybody to say, Hey, do you know, like something like a marketing person is meant to talk to people and say, I know it's not you, but do you know who I could talk to, to find out who it's going to be one of those days who designed your, your latest big coaster, because we want to talk to the designer. Cause that way it sounds like you're going to get exposure. Cause again, always, always explain things on how they're going to benefit. So if I talk to the designer of your latest, biggest, fastest coaster, they might know or at yeah. least know who to get you in contact with. It's going to be really hard, no matter what you do, I think, to find those people. I bet people. those are firms, not people now. It's not like yeah. Leonardo da Vinci, right? It's not <laughs> one guy. He's He does everything, right? No, it's not like that anymore. It's probably a firm that that has designers and engineers and because that's... That business is so dangerous. I mean, think of the litigation oh. on that thing. Holy crap. I know that somebody would be an interesting topic all in itself. Yeah. I know somebody who sued and won of theme park because even though, you know, I, I still don't understand how she won, but she hurt her back on something that did double loops and triple spins and whatever. And uh, you know, so uh here in the chat room they're saying you may want to contact some technical advisors for the old movie with Timothy Bottoms roller coaster. There you go. So, but, and working, working cows podcast says, uh, what about a theme park conference to network? And that, that, that's actually probably a really good, I bet they have an annual conference somewhere for theme park engineers or whatever. Yeah. Something, but it'll be, uh, that's a, that's a, that would be an interesting conference. (laughs) That is a, that is a niche show. What happens at that thing? Do you, you know, do you just like you come into a, you come into a session and somebody just comes flying in on a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of people come flying in, let's have our uh, awesome supporters come flying into this point. Man, I can't believe it's almost 11 o'clock already. Uh, if you would like a monthly coaching session at a greatly reduced rate, uh, you can be the teacher's pet. Go out to ask the slash awesome. Uh, and we always thank our $20 supporters. So these are awesome people like Greg over at DebtShepherd.com, Glenn the Geek Hebert, who you will hear on Monday School of Podcasting or the week after that. He sent me an uh, interesting clip that I want to use. You can find him at HorseRadioNetwork.com, Josh Rivers over at PodcastingExperiments.com, Max Trescott up in the air at AviationNewsTalk.com, Shane from Spybrary.com, 
Carrie Bond at keywestperspective.com slash podcast. Uh, my buddy Ronsley down in Australia at the Amplify Media Group. Find him at mustamplify.com. Carl White down in the Carolinas. Find him at Life in the Carolinas. That's with an S. Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. Kim Craggy at Toastmasters101.net. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And thanks to everyone for being an awesome supporter. So Jason in the chat room says, uh, I believe he's in China. If I remember right this week. Uh, he's now listened to Ask the Podcast Coach in 10 different <laughs> countries. T-shirts on the way, Jason. We- yeah, that man gets around. Holy cow. Well, the uh, the one thing we haven't talked about yet today, which is all the above, um, the the debate on Illuminary. Are you in or are you, are you out? And we talked about this on the Podcasters Roundtable. Ed Ryan wanted me to write a an article on Luminary. And I said, if they would quit changing, uh, you know, I said, by the minute I write the article, it's changed. And this is a company that, uh, boy, th- thank goodness for James Cridlin. He wrote a really great article on um, podnews.net explaining what the heck is a proxy server. Because I was like, a, a what? A who? You know, and that's where... Um, Well, here's some things. They used a proxy, I guess we'll just call it a server, to request podcasts, breaking stats, and dynamic advertising. Um, They truncated the show notes, removing donation links. They incorrectly credited podcasters using the wrong information. They're disguising podcast downloads made by the app. In other words, instead of saying, hey, like if you go into Libsyn and you look at your, your user agents, instead of saying luminary, it says things like, core iTunes is something that's it's not, it doesn't say luminary and on the, the Android side is something else. And uh, they're increasingly being deserted by big names. Joe Rogan pulled a show. And originally I thought it was because of this proxy thing, which was bracing, breaking statistics. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Especially if you're on a CPM model and you have something that's breaking, like that's not tracking your downloads. Uh, that's a bad thing. And so I know a lot of people are are pulling their stuff. I'm trying to find the because James has a great. Um, can, you, can you pull it? You just re, you just request that they because I don't think I submitted to them my well that's one of my podcasts is in there. I see the video large feed is in there. Yeah, one of the things that is kind of making them different because on one hand, I've yet to have this confirmed. I've heard or it's rumored, let's go that route to be even more accurate, that they're also going to play ads in between your episode. Not in your episode, but when you go from this episode to the next one or the next show, that they are going to play an advertisement, of which, from what I've heard, you get zero. And the whole big thing was the original idea of Luminary is finding a good podcast is hard. We're going to have 40 of the best podcasts. You won't have to look just open up our app. Here's 40 podcasts, by the way, that some of those people are getting paid six figures and seven figures to have their podcast there. And instead of doing that, they now have, they pulled, you know, like a lot of apps do pocket cast overcast. They pulled the back end of iTunes, Apple podcast. So everybody's show got added. Oh, and by the way, while you're there listening to my show, I'm going to keep, poking you to give me $8 a month to listen to these 40 shows that you can't hear. And that's where some people are like, well, because I'm not getting a dime of that eight bucks that you're getting. Uh, uh-uh. so that's, that's the debate. Mm-hmm. So interesting. They've pulled in my video RSS feeds and have made them audio there. So I have a video large and a video small, no video, but so I have three feeds because they've grabbed all three of my RSS feeds and pulled them in for home gadget geeks. Interesting. So the premise, right, is what people are upset about is they're, they've taken these and not only are they exposing them for other people to listen to them, but they may be adding their own ads that they're not sharing with the content providers. Is that, is that pretty much, does that sum yeah. it up? Yeah. And that's where people go, well, that's what Stitcher does. Right. Stitcher plays ads in between your episodes. You have to submit to Stitcher, right? Yeah. That, then that's where we go. Yep. You, you're not in there automatically. So that's was the big thing. We're like, wait a minute, we have to, and they didn't, they just pulled stuff. And so it's, it's different. And then the fact that for me, it's like a, it just screamed. And this is the company that got a hundred million dollars, by the way, to start. And so this is one of those where it just 
to me reeks of somebody who got into podcasting who just doesn't understand it at all. I mean, it's the ultimate. It's like, sorry, that's, you know, well, first of all, we're going to put in a proxy server. So that way you can't tell where your downloads are coming from. Oh, and by the way, I know it's Dave Jackson and Jim Collison, but we're just going to put some other name from who knows where we're getting that information from. Then we're going to, it's just like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? So every time I went to write about it, it was like, well, first we thought they were making copies of our files. And that's when we figured out this proxy server thing. And then they said, Oh, oops, sorry. And then they fixed it. And so now they're kind of back to this, but it was just like for me. And so people were asking me, well, Dave, are you going to pull your stuff? And for me, I am selling the school of podcasting. I'm selling my consulting. So the more people that hear that, I don't really care that I'm not getting paid for the ads. Um, yada, yada, yada. The more people that hear me, the more, the better the chance that people are going to sign up for the school of podcasting. But if I said, what about my logical weight loss show? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not making any money with that. And if these people are now making money off my show, shouldn't I get a piece of that? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, so if you want to pull your show, this is to me, it's the ultimate podcasting depends. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if this bothers you, by all means, you can go over and I forget where you go, uh, but you you contact them and say, hey, here's the name of my show. Here's my RSS feed. Uh, I honestly swear to uphold the whatever that I am the owner of this feed because otherwise they can't make it too easy because otherwise I could go over and just say, hey, could you pull all my competition? That, that would be bad. So you have to kind of prove that you are the owner of the feed. And then I don't know how long it takes, but I know um, James Cridlin had somebody who had a similar show to his and was using his name. Basically we, we can talk about that in a bit. And uh, Jason is saying he's trying cause Jason has 16 shows on his network. He says, I'm trying to have mine pulled, but have gotten, res- but haven't gotten a response to my removal. And that was sent three to four days ago. Yeah. Go yeah. to the, they have a RSS feed questions um, section in their FAQ. It says, if you'd like to be removed, your po- if you'd like to remove your podcast from our community of hundreds of thousands of free podcasts, please email the following information to copyright at luminarypodcast.com. Give us your name, the name of your podcast, your RSS feed and iTunes ID and a statement that you own and control the podcast you submitted. So that's the process. Yeah. So, and then we don't know how long it's going to take. I was, this made me go over and look at Castbox. Remember Castbox? Mm-hmm. The school of podcasting is listed in that app three times. And I was like, and part of me wanted to go, I should go over them and say, Hey, can you like whittle me down to one, please? And then I thought about it and I looked at how many people are actually listening on Castbox, And I went, you know what? Uh, whatever. There's nobody. Does it really matter? I mean, if the tree falls in the forest and no one's there, does it, you know, make a sound? I, I, I don't know. I'm looking at luminary. I, I'm trying to think of what would be the disadvantage to me for them promoting my podcast without my permission. I, I don't think I gave them. I could have. I don't think I did. No, but I'm trying to think what's the disadvantage to that. Like what would, besides them adding, inserting ads that I'm not making money for, which I don't really want to, to be honest, there's a, the yeah. kind of podcasting I do, the, the less 1099s I need to fill out at some, <laughs> if you're good, some point, the better. like just, just, you know, so anyways, I don't know. I think I would, I don't know. I think I would leave it if, you're trying to get exposure if you're okay with the ads being inserted. But I guess if your audience contacted you and complained like, Hey, I was listening to you on luminary and they got these really obnoxious ads. Yeah. Okay. That would be it. Yeah. Yeah. Then maybe pull it at that point. I don't know. Yeah. I'm uh, I guess I'm at this point, I'm team B everywhere. But again, that comes from my, I'm not, I think if I was doing CPM and they messed up my stats, then I'd have a problem. But now apparently they have that fixed. So my CPM ads and my dynamic ads are going, which I still don't. Yeah. As they're coming through your RSS feed, they would be pushing a user agent through to you, to your stats in theory. Right. Right. So would you see luminary show up as a, as a user agent? That's the thing that that problem with it, with, with, pushing it through a proxy, were they blocking that or 
Yeah. Um, I'll have to listen to it. It was this, this week's podcasters roundtable probably coming out here pretty quick. Yeah. And I'll put a link here. If you go to pod news and just do a search for proxy server, that will probably get you there. Uh, it's a pretty good, cause James has a really good, cause I was, I even asked, I, we're all like, where's Daniel when you need him? Cause that's a, a bit my, that's above my pay grade. Like what is a proxy server? And he explains how it, it basically somewhat mass. It can. Yeah. yeah who can. is, and, and that's part of their problem is they're for whatever reason, they're somewhat trying to mask their activity. And I think some of that, and again, I don't know, but it, it seems like they're making it hard for us to see exactly how much, you know, activity like they don't want, want Rob to be able to say, well, we got 0.007% is from, you know, luminary. Yeah. I'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, yes, here we go. From James Cridlin from podnews.net. The Android app is now calling itself Exo player audio player. Um, and the audio library that they've used. We've also tested in the iOS app, which identifies itself as Apple core media slash 1.0.0.16. So it's kind of like either a whoever designed their app is an idiot, you know, which isn't a good first impression. Um, and he said request by luminary servers for the podcast RSS feed are also hidden with no luminary user agent. As a result, podcast hosts, cannot monitor traffic from luminary or if they wanted to block it. So it's just, um, again, it's just a giant, like, wow. Well, why are you making it so hard kids? You know, meanwhile, swoot and Podcoin are, you know, I, I don't, I'll be interested to see how much, uh, traffic we get from swoot, which is to me, have you heard about swoot? no, Swoot is this app, and and here's the big thing. You know what's missing? I, I was listening in Overcast the other day, and I thought to myself, I wonder what Jim Cullison is listening to right now. And I'm like, you know what? I could go to Swoot and find out, see what all your other friends are listening to. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. I remember the days back when Apple was new, and you could subscribe to a show, and it said people that subscribe to this show also subscribe to this. And I'm like, so... I get that, but I not enough to make me switch apps. And then Podcoin, Podcoin is an app that makes you what well, doesn't make you. You have to opt. You have to opt in again. And from my, when I understand, I might have this guy on the school of podcasting. But I, I told them, I said, here's what I'm asking, and that is, it seems like as a listener, you earn Podcoin, which can be used towards things like Amazon gift cards, and as a podcast as a producer you get paid when people listen to your show in the form of podcoin which can be used for things like an amazon gift card and i was like okay so we're paying the listener we're paying the, the producer and i'm like what's the business model well, it's got to be advertising it has to be yeah yeah it's and it's not there yet i mean they have some funding to get this thing rolling but then once they get enough people and they're using it and they're getting paid for it they'll go to advertisers and say hey look We've got this this kind of engagement. You want it, you do one in. It may actually, Dave, be a pretty good accountability model for for both podcasters and listeners. Because wouldn't it be great if you could at least get some kind of credit for listening to something? It'd be on a player where you're like, okay, I'll tolerate a 30 second ad if it if it gets me at the end of the month a ten dollar Amazon gift card. If I'm already listening to seven podcasts or ten podcasts a week and I can make ten bucks doing it, I like that motivation. That's associated with that from a, from a podcaster standpoint, wouldn't it be great to say, hey, I'll make some money that way, whatever. So yeah. I like the idea, but I, I can't think of any other monetization model except advertising is coming. Yeah. <laughs> coming soon. Yeah. You It'll know, be interesting. Near you. We have somebody coming in here. The one and only liquidy. <laughs> How are you? Hey, good. How are you doing, Dave? Good. What can we help you with? I have a question about sponsors. So I know you don't make a gazillion dollars off sponsors, but I'm looking for sponsorship to cover my basic podcast cost. And um, I was thinking about asking, because I have interviewed people that have products, like companies that have gluten-free products, because mm -hmm. my show is Travel Gluten-Free. And so I was thinking about asking them first, 
But how do you go about, like, should I ask the people I interview to sponsor me or because I have working relationships with some of them? Yes. Yes, Yes, you should. Yeah, you should ask everybody that you have on. Okay. And so anybody else besides people I have on, like, how do you go about, like, cold calling people? Do you guys ever go about cold calling people for sponsorships? And if you do, what's your process? I think one of the cool things that Allie from... Oh, I know her from Australia. I can't remember. It's, it's it's some sort of health thing. And she will basically go buy the product, take a picture of herself. Like, I love this stuff. And then put it on Facebook and Twitter and tag the company. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, would you like to sponsor my podcast? And she says that seems to at least get their attention and get the conversation going. And in some cases work. Uh-huh. I would I would start with products that you like. Like if there's a product you like, like, oh man, I love this gluten-free, whatever. I would go and contact that company and say, Hey, I do a show. I have your target audience and I would love to talk about this on my show. My fees are X amount per episode, blah, blah, blah. You know, is there somebody I could talk to about this or, or maybe not even start off with pricing, just start the conversation. Yeah. Cause I actually did get asked by a company who I, cause I tag people all like companies all the time on my Instagram post. And I actually just got asked by a company a couple of weeks ago if I wanted to come and like take a tour of their, of their factory. There you go. Yeah. So and you was- know, I have them on first. So they'll, they'll almost always say no to money. Mm-hmm. So if you just cold, you know, Hey, I have a $500, you know, sponsorship slot. Like that, you got to make a thousand calls to get somebody to say yes one time on that one. But you probably make ten calls to some get them to say yes. If again, if they fit what in your in in what you're doing, to say hey, I'd like to have you on in a little fifteen minute guest spot to talk about what you're doing. Then you've started that relationship. And uh, I've always had much better luck if I'm asking for something for it after asking after I've had them on the show and say hey. This worked out really, really well, and I'd love to be able to, you know, support you more or, or advertise for you more on this. Would you be willing to? And then have a make sure you've got a media kind of a media kit, so to speak, mm-hmm. on your site that has this all laid out. Like, you know, you have to be careful. Once you put your media kit on, it'll get crawled, and then you're going to get all kinds of people wanting to figure out how to how to spam that um, that address and get their advertising on there. So you may get more people wanting to do it than you're actually interested in like, and they're not they're This is not good at kind of advertising, but have some kind of regular rate that and you're just saying, Hey, it, you can be my host sponsor and, and I'll mention you every week or whatever you decide you're going to do. I, but have them on first. That's worked well for me. Okay. And then what do you, you don't put your pricing on your media kit. It's just for media purposes. You, you could, if you want to, I, mm-hmm. I think that's a strategy. If you want to, I've got this sponsorship at this level, and then yeah. when you sell your sponsorships, do you sell them in packages of like four shows, eight shows, or do you sell for like time? How do you? I sold it? mine for a year. Okay. So I just, I, I just said, Hey, a year's worth of it. And I made them really reasonable and they weren't really that hard to sell when I wanted them. And did you do more than one sponsor per episode or did you do exclusivity? I've almost always done just one, but that's not by, that's not on purpose. I don't know, Dave, do you, you've done a bunch. Do you, what do you feel about multiple? Yeah, I just do one because the other sponsor is always the school of podcasting. So and it's only a 40 minute show. So uh, and then what I usually do is I do a minimum of a month and then it's up to them yeah. at the end of the month if they want to come back or whatever. Like I have uh, uh, focus right is coming back, you know, and then what you can do also is you can say it's X amount of money to be on the podcast it's X amount of money to be in the newsletter. It's X amount of money to have a link in the show notes and then put a, a um, make sure that they know it's a, an actual link, not a no follow link, because that means they're going to get Google juice from that and then say, or, you know, for one low monthly fee, you can have all of these for this. And so that way they go, Oh, we want the package. We want the newsletter. We want the podcast and we want the link in the show notes. Yeah, just a liquidity, make it drop dead simple for them. No, yeah. these guys, they're, they're, they don't want to think about it. They just want to write a check and be done and know they're getting some value. So don't, don't make it too complicated. Kind of just make it easy for them to say yes. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And just, and then have one of those, you know, how can have, maybe even your media kit, how can we move forward? You know, contact me here uh, to create the campaign. I will need the following uh, uh, an image that is blah, 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 by blah, 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 pixels. We will need your four talking points, not 10, not 12. We need your four talking points. And, you know, blah, blah. That way they know exactly what they're getting into, what you need to. 
And it just creates a, 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 it removes a lot of the back and forth of like, no, that's not the right image. Oh, wait, no, that's not going to work in the show notes or whatever. So. Okay, cool. Awesome. That was really good info. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for jumping in. Good yeah. to see you. Happy Saturday well, morning. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> to you as well. Yeah, I just rolled out of bed. There's no way no, I'm doing video. This no worries. Morning. I did too. So. <laughs> Take have care. A, have a good one. All right. Yep. We'll see you. And then next up we have Luca. Luca, thanks for coming to ask the podcast coach. What can we help you with? Hi. Uh, so I'm a very new podcaster. I'm starting a new podcast called the chill zone uh, on anchor, not sponsoring anything. I know that Dave, you've had beef with anchor, don't uh, yes. don't get him started. Don't yeah. get him started. I'm, 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 in my head, I'm like, okay, just just listen. listen. Ignore you said that. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah, sorry, uh, but um, is there any other recommended podcast places where it's maybe low price for me, uh, but still uh, good for starting podcasters? Okay, let's. Like first question always: Why are you starting the podcast? Um. Well, kind of. Welcome to the UK. Um, but I'm kind of saying uh, because I listen to the news and to be fair, we've got Brexit, Brexit, Brexit currently. Right. People want to talk about other things instead of Brexit. So that's why I came up with the idea of making a podcast so we can talk about other things instead of that's just Brexit idea. all the time. That's a great idea. Yeah. I like I, if you really must have a free version of your podcast, let me see if I can find because it's there's a lot of A's in this name and I can't remember it's it's Wooshka, and I believe it's two A's. Let me double check here. Yes, W H O O S H K A A. So it's a weird name. I think they're out of Australia. And I always this is the thing I I never get around the anchor uh, conversation is why people aren't going. If you want free, go over to Wooshka. Because they don't own your show in Apple Pod. They don't do all this stuff, quote, for you that then later screws you. And it's a little more like a traditional podcast. Now, they're just as likely to go out of business as anybody else. I know there was another one that I'd not even heard of, another free media host that went out of business this week. But if you need a free media host and you're like, Dave, you hate Anchor, but I got to do free, Wooshka. Knowing... Knowing that Dave hates all free media hosts, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a better bad choice. Yeah. yeah, it's not a great plan. Um, Anchor, I have noticed, is really back down on this, at least in, in this. Because I, I still, you know, I post out there. I use them just so I kind of keep track of them. And I know I just post it. I don't. I just use a free plan. I don't use them for my RSS feed. But um, they've really backed down on the aggressiveness of yeah. posting to to iTunes for you and for some of those other things. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're listening from that. Uh, look at the the the. The, the point on on anchor is that if they submit to all those things for you you don't own you know if they submit to iTunes and and these other places they they own it not you then that's the yeah. big beef a lot of people have so just be careful there if you're gonna use them just be careful but there's a whole host of free you know I mentioned these uh, from time to time uh, you know I, I use soundcloud for just two podcasts I just keep two out there rotating through right it gives a it, it doesn't stay out there very long, but it gives people a chance to find me on SoundCloud, MixCloud, Shout Engine, um, Audio Mac. Those are all kind of host providers that you can put things on. Go ahead, Dave. Well, the thing you want to keep in mind with, especially with Shout Engine, Shout Engine will not redirect your feed. In fact, I've had a few people at Lipson go, Is anybody home at Shout Engine? And I'm like, I don't know. They're like, No, that tra- thing's on autopilot. It's, it, yeah. but here's the deal don't, you don't use those for hosting, you use them for, visibility. So this morning I was logging into Shout Engine as I was posting my own out there. I've had 500 listens on Shout Engine. I tweet it once. <laughs> once a week I sh- you know I do the tweet to it. Hey, 500 for from since the beginning of the year. Not I don't say not too bad to have that kind of traffic out there. Um now again, my podcast does not live there and I would recommend you spend 10 to 20 bucks on one of these host providers, Spreaker, Mix or Spreaker uh, Blueberry, Lipson, Podbean. If you're going to spend any money anywhere, spend a little bit on hosting. I use Maple Grove Partners, so you, it's worth it's worth a little bit of money to do that. And then you can distribute it out everywhere else that you want, but they don't own anything. The other thing, just to keep in mind here, is this is my anchor account with a. Uh, it's a real podcast, but it's a fake person. It's Carl. 
Carl Spackler does the uh, <laughs> Fat Fifty and Frisky show. You know, because uh, I don't like uh, I, I don't like babysitter porn. You know, oh my God. Anyway, but I take if you take my nineteen cents that I've earned so far and divide that by the seventy one plays. I am making 0.002 cents per download. Now, if we times that by, let's say, 300 downloads, which is actually pretty good if you're just starting out, uh, I would make 80 cents per show. But, Luca, you're not you're not thinking going to Anchor to make money off advertising. You're just going to use them as a way to distribute, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's and, and that'll work. It yeah. will work. Here's the deal, though. With, with Anchor as well, they just got bought, right? Right. So we don't know where that's going to go. We don't know. Like it's there's a lot of uncertainty to what's going on in Anchor. So that, again, anchoring to Anchor may not necessarily be your best. Um. Yeah. Um. But again, you've got to get like this is just marketing at the end of the day. If you want to get things out, and you just got to get this thing in front of as many people as you can using as many methods as you can to get to spread the word. There's no magic to that. It's just a bunch of hard work. Yeah. The reason, well, the reason I got uh, Anchor itself as an app, because I've got on my phone as well, is because yeah. I uh, was looking at another podcast. Uh, I'm not going to say the podcast over air, but um, they were uh, they were completely advertising them. So I thought, hmm, this might look good. And then I looked at a few videos and I was like, hmm, yes. But then I found they were always Anchor made. And then I looked at the people who didn't actually own anything in Anchor and it wasn't the best the median download for shows on anchor is zero yeah that's that's the part that uh according to rob at nab that apparently somebody with a a popular app which would be able to look at all the different platforms gave the numbers and they said yeah there if you look at i'm not sure how you get an average of zero but well, we got to remember, Anchor was built to be bought. That's yeah. why they built this thing. So they went in there, they threw a bunch of money at it. They were trying to sell this thing from the day they opened it. And yeah. so they did all kinds of trickery to get people on there. And they put a ton of marketing. This is why marketing works when you throw a ton of money at it. And they did. And it worked. It, But they just, it didn't attract, it attract very short-term podcasters. And which again, by itself, as a, as a, a, you don't care that it attracted short term. You, your podcast is the one that matters. Yeah. You just don't get great tools there. I mean, with Lipson and Blueberry and and Spreaker, you get such great tools for podcasters. So, well, I just Pippa is another podcast media hosting that just got bought by Acast, and Acast said we believe that Pippa fits into our culture. Which is interesting because Pippa was started by guys that went around and scraped RSS feeds and spammed podcasters. And I'm like, that's the culture? Like, hey, those guys are kind of slimy. You guys will fit right in. I'm like, that's kind of different. But anyway, go ahead, Luca. Yeah. Um, so, okay, going. So in the UK, we have a gigantic radio uh, corporation called the Global uh, Radio Player. They basically bought adverts from uh, these different podcasters and they're like, hmm, which one pleases us in a way that we want to produce it? And they saw pretend, uh, they saw potential in um, Anchor and they were like, hmm, because they can make good logos, they can produce some good things, we'll buy into it. Um, but as I've seen the reviews, I've kind of gone back from thinking, hmm, Anchor's good to Anchor's considerate let's ask someone else of their view and um, just show it because um, I want to be quite successful in just getting the word out that we have something else apart from Brexit here and um, we can talk about whatever. Let's say we want to talk about organic vegetables or whatever, anything. We can just say it on here and it's not always Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. But then listening to the advertising and the actual potential that they receive and they've not had the best oh let's look here um or look at these people and i've heard apparently that they are um well that they're presenting more of the um people who actually include anchor um 
subscription. Yeah, it's, sort of it's a feed. Yeah, yeah. To it with their feeds. Yeah. You know, there's all those kinds of considerations that you have, to be honest with you. You, you can go crazy thinking about this. And I think the, the, the hosting decision, if it's going to, if it's going to tie you up, just make one. Like, just make a decision because the most important thing you're going to do is what is yet to come. You've got to make these podcasts and that really beyond hosting. Hosting is a such a small, tiny decision. And I know the hosting companies hate me for saying this, but it, it's an important one to make in the very beginning. But make it get over with it and then move on because you got a whole bunch of marketing and a whole bunch of creation to do. That's the hard part. Like choosing a host provider. Easy. Making content way much, you know, way harder. So get, make a decision. Don't, don't lose any more sleep over it. Make it today. Just decide what you're going to do. Make it today and get making content, right? But stop, stop worrying about who's going to advertise on what and where you're a new podcaster. Most of that stuff doesn't matter anyways. If you get really good and you get popular, you're going to move host providers anyway. So like I, I wouldn't get, I don't know, Dave, I, I, I just wouldn't get too hung up for too much longer on the, so many people obsess over this and you're like, it has so little to do with your, yeah. with your content. Yeah. I always uh, just say if, if you're happy giving up your stat, the fact that uh, you're not going to have stats in podcast connect, you're not going to have stats in stitcher.com. Well, that's very- not true. That's not true. You can, you don't have to let anchor do those things for you. You can well, say true. no to it. That is true. You can go in and say no, and I'm going to do it. So yeah. don't like just the the thing is, is they were tricking people into doing that. Like, hey, sign up for our awesomeness, and we'll take care of everything for you. And, you click that button, and they were doing it all. That yeah. was deceptive, right? Yeah. That if, is that's that's terrible. If you're happy having very basic numbers, yeah. Um, if you're happy with a company that hasn't made any profit, if you're happy with a company that changes the format of your file, if you're happy with a company that stops you from receiving email, that's another one. They put like you'll sign up with an email address and that's not the email that's in your RSS feed. So if Apple for some reason goes, this is the best thing ever. You're not talking about Brexit. They're going to have a heck of a time getting in touch with you. Just that's, great. that's where I just say, if you're going to use a, if you must use a free service, don't. Which, yeah, don't. No, don't. Yeah. Quit drinking coffee. Pay a little spend bit. Five it's bucks. cheap. It's 10 bucks yeah. in most yeah. cases. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sacrifice something for it and pay a little bit. And, and do if you think you're going to do this for a while, get a pro, you know, get a plan somewhere and, and, and go with the pros. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. Yes, that does. That's all my questions. All Thanks. right. All right. You Thanks. bet. Great hearing from you. Yep. Yep. Take, take care. See you guys later. Take care. Wow, two home. calls. Two calls. Look that's at that. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty great. And and me calling you out live on the <laughs> You know, I've had people say they appreciate that that we don't we're we don't agree on everything oh. here. Right. And and so I don't I'm I'm not afraid to say uh, I don't know if that's totally true. But well then no, that is true. Because I when yeah. I say hey, they own your stuff, it's like if you do the thing and that's I'm glad you trickery. Like oh this yeah. Is, Thing. they were doing this trickery i think that trickery is kind of stopped by the way i think i'll have to go sign up again because i remember the last time i signed up at anchor i'm like oh here here we go well, when i submit now when i submit a show it used to be super like hey do you want a super awesomeness for us to do yeah. everything for you that button's gone so i don't mm-hmm. know like i have to find it i have to dig to now to get that so maybe some things are that's why i by the way that's why i post to all of these is so i every week i i see what's going on with them Otherwise, I wouldn't know. They make changes. You know, the fact that podcast.com hasn't changed in, in four years. It's the exact same site they've done nothing to. There's nobody home. Same with uh, Shout Engine. Like you mentioned, yeah. Shout Engine hasn't changed in three, four years. Like nothing has changed. No, so, that's and that's the yeah. one. But you don't know if you're not on them. So I, that's why I like to be on them. And I would have to look at Mixcloud to make sure. It's like you said, don't use these as your primary thing. Because I'm no. not sure how. How 301 redirect? No, I wouldn't use a C. I wouldn't use any of them as my host provider. Not so Jason said in the chat, Mixcloud had scraped his yeah. site and was using it. I wouldn't use any of them as my host provider, but I probably get 1500 extra downloads a year, maybe more through these services. Well, that's more than a lot of people getting downloads. So yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. 
Jim, what's coming up on the average guy.tv? Oh, we're back to community episode. Oh, I mentioned next week, 400. So if you want to come out Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, the average guy.tv slash live, we're celebrating 400. I'm bringing some hosts back who are on the original show number one. Wow. And we're going to spend some time, a little time reminiscing, but a lot of tech. So the average guy.tv. Yeah, we will definitely have a show next week. Uh, May 11th is a question mark. Because I'll be does does uh, Motel Six have hotel Wi-Fi? <laughs> I yeah. Don't, mm, yeah, that was yikes. my thought. I will be I'll be watching my stepson graduate from Purdue that weekend, oh, cool. and if I can get to someplace with Wi-Fi, I'll try it. But uh, that could be we'll we'll figure that out. But that's no, in two no weeks. worries. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll uh, it out. This week on the School of Podcasting, it's either going to be my show about interviewing or. Nah, I'm not going to talk about Luminary. It's, it'll be my show about uh, interviewing. So stick around for some post-show. 